You're listening Just to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. everyone. Welcome to my show, Our Constitution. As always, I'm glad to have you with me. I hope you'll encourage your friends and neighbors and family to listen in. And remember to tell them that when we broadcast live at 4 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday, every Wednesday, the show is archived, usually the next day. And so you can go to America's Web Radio website, the Our Constitution page, and you can listen to the show virtually anytime you want to. Not just the most recent show, but other shows from the past that you might find of interest. And there's always something about each show on there, so you can find out what's been talked about. And to start off today, I want to talk about something that I wrote an article on for my blog last week, and which has drawn a lot of attention. I have already done numerous radio show interviews on this subject in the last few days. I'm scheduled to do more uh, later on this week because I've apparently touched on something that most Americans don't even realize is going on. It has been going on for years, and that is the so-called nuclear option. Uh, Everybody's heard about now in the Senate. Uh, The Republicans used it to force a vote in the Senate on the Supreme Court nomination of Justice Neil Gorsuch. Now, this was an outstanding man and an outstanding nominee. Even the liberal American Bar Association, which I was never a member of the whole time I practiced law because they've always been left-leaning, even the American Bar Association came out and gave him their top rating and highly recommended that he be confirmed. The Democrats in the Senate, though, they don't care about qualifications. They don't care about anything but their far-left ideology and pleasing their far-left base, which is getting more and more far-left all the time, which I think is ultimately, at least I hope, is going to spell the end of the Democratic Party as we know it, because they, you know, they're totally out of touch with the American people. They showed that during the recent campaign when they, they thought that Hillary Clinton would be anointed as President of the United States simply because she was Hillary Clinton and then she was forced to go further left by Bernie Sanders and she did so willingly and but they thought these were the type of things the identity politics and the attacks on the United States and the attacks on our institutions uh, the attacks on police I mean remember Hillary Clinton decided that the endorsement of Black Lives Matter an organization that was openly calling for the killing of police officers in this country, that that endorsement was more important to her than the endorsement of any police officer's union. So that's who they were going after. And Hillary Clinton gleefully labeled anybody who disagreed with her and the left-wing Democratic Party on anything, whether it be immigration or any other subject for that matter, criminal law, disagree with them on anything was a racist, a homophobic, Islamophobic, etc., 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 all in her so-called basket of deplorables. And that became a proud label for many conservatives out there. And Hillary Clinton ignored the middle class in this country, ignored the people who are suffering in this country, and went after the support of people who are here illegally, 
people who want more free stuff. She promised free ed- college education, which, of course, is not free because you and I pay for that. If somebody gets to go to college for free, the taxpayers are footing the bills. And uh, that's fine with Hillary. So she lost the election. And now the Democrats are reeling over that, and they've decided to punish not just Trump and not just the Republican Party, but to punish the American people who voted for Donald Trump, to punish us by trying to block everything he does and everything the Republican Congress tries to do. And to a great extent, they're being successful, at least in slowing things down. So you need, in the current makeup of the Senate, or what was the current makeup, they had what they called a cloture rule, which required that in order for anything, including nominees by the president or regular legislation, to even be considered for a vote by the full Senate, 60 senators had to agree to that. Now, there are 54 Republicans in the Senate, and there are 44 Democrats and then two independents who are basically both socialists and always vote the Democratic Party. So it soon became clear that Chuck Schumer, who voted for Neil Gorsuch to be affirmed to the Court of Appeals a few years back, and all the Democrats who had voted for him, because his vote was almost unanimous, they went on an ideological basis entirely and decided they were going to try to block Neil Gorsuch by using this cloture rule. The cloture rule, as far as the Democrats are concerned, is great when it works for them, but not so great when it works for the Republicans. And the nuclear option is great when it works for them, but not so great when it works for the Republicans. So the nuclear option came about under Harry Reid, the Democratic leader of the Senate, when Obama, now Obama's two Supreme Court appointees, Sotomayor and Kagan, went through basically without a hitch. The Republicans did not try to use the cloture rule to block them, but they did use the cloture rule to block some of the far-left Court of Appeals appointments that Obama wanted to make and the far-left district judge appointments that he wanted to make. So Harry Reid decided to invoke the nuclear option, and when it came to those two categories of people, it only would require a majority vote in the Senate for their confirmation. Chuck Schumer gleefully supported the use of the nuclear option, as did most of the other Democrats in the Senate, until it came time for the Republicans to use the same tactic and use the nuclear option to get Neil Gorsuch through. They went into a hissy fit, and when I say they, I'm talking about the Democrats in the Senate. And this was violating long-standing rules of the Senate, long-standing traditions of the Senate. This was going to open up the Senate to not being a deliberative body anymore, but just being a rubber stamp for the House of Representatives. Now, in this article that I posted on my website, and you can go to it at www.michaelconnelly.com or you can access it through the radio show page, Our Constitution, 
on America's Web Radio. And you can read this article. Because what I do is I explain what the cloture rule really is and how it came about. And how I believe, and a lot of people have never heard anybody say this before, and that's why I've been getting so much play uh, through radio shows all around the country. This is unconstitutional. I don't care how long it's been in the Senate. The U.S. Constitution provides for bills to be adopted and nominees to be confirmed by a majority vote in the Senate with the Vice President casting the deciding vote if the Senate is evenly split because there's 100 members of the Senate, so it's possible for there to be a 50-50 tie. And, in fact, it's already happened three times since Trump took office, and Mike Pence all three times has, has voted to break the tie. Now, the Senate and the House are both allowed in the Constitution to make their own rules when it comes to procedure. But there's nothing in the Constitution that indicates to me that procedure includes changing the Constitution itself to knock out the majority rule. In other words, to say that you have to have more than 51% of the votes in order to pass legislation. That, I believe, is a direct violation of the Constitution. But despite this, in 1917, the Senate voted to change its rules, and when the House has never done this, but the Senate voted to change the rules to require that two-thirds of the Senate had to vote for any legislation in order to be passed by the Senate. Now, that proved to be virtually untenable. Although it was easier back then, because there was more more likelihood of compromise in the Senate among the Democrats and Republicans. But eventually, after years of deadlock, gridlock, the Senate decided to change that to 60 votes, which is what we have now. That was in 1975. And a 60-row rule has been in there ever since. I think that invoking the so-called nuclear option to get Neil Gorsuch in this on the Supreme Court is only the first step. Americans need to realize what this actually does when it comes to the operation of our government. We have three separate but equal branches of government. We have the Congress of the United States made up of the Senate and the House of Representatives. Then we have the executive branch made up of the president, his appointees, and agency heads. And then we have the court system, the Supreme Court, and the federal court system. The whole concept behind our constitutional republic was majority rules. That's not the way it works in the Senate right now. Because almost all the legislation, unless they or doing so-called reconciliation, which opportunities are rarely open to do that, and that allows them to get certain legislation passed by the House through the Senate by majority vote. And that's what they were talking about doing with the uh, health care repeal, but that hadn't happened so far. And if it does pass through the reconciliation process, that's only the beginning. The replacement part will have to go from of the full Senate and be voted on, and right now, it will never pass. Tax reform, 
in all likelihood, will not pass the U.S. Senate, even though it may pass the House overwhelmingly. Of equal concern to me is the fact that I have been talking now for months about the rights of veterans to own firearms being stripped from them by the VA illegally and without due process. And now the same thing has been doing, the Social Security Administration doing the same thing as senior citizens. Finally, the House of Representatives has passed two pieces of legislation to stop this. The legislation is not going to the Senate, where undoubtedly it will be killed by the Democrats using the cloture rule. That means that basically many of us out there who have elected voter for members of the United States Senate, our votes are meaningless. Their votes are meaningless. Because this rule allows as few as 40 senators to block legislation in the U.S. Senate. Let's take our first break. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy, no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center... We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Now, the reason this disturbs me is not just because we're probably going to lose these votes in the Senate, but because this pattern is going to continue in the foreseeable future. And it's going to continue as long as the closure rule is in effect. That's why it needs to be changed. The way we have to look at it is like this. Okay, you have two Republican senators from the state of Texas. I voted for both of them. You have two Democratic senators from the state of Massachusetts and two Democratic senators from the state of California who were elected by their constituents. Those votes count more than the two votes from Texas, simply because, as I mentioned before the break, it only takes about 40 to 43 senators to vote to maintain cloture so that the 
60 vote majority is not obtained and that they can go forward. So these 40 to 42 or 43 senators, depending on who's very there and voting and how the independents vote, and they almost always, well, they always vote as far as I know with the Democrats, they can block legislation which the majority of the American people want passed. Now think about how this falls out. Think about where most of the Democratic senators are from. The East Coast and the West Coast. The majority of the Republican senators are from the South, the Midwest, and the Southwest. So you have the classic situation, which is what the Democrats want to hold on to and what they thought they were going to hold on to uh, in this past election, where the liberal elites in Hollywood and in Oregon and in Washington State and the liberal elites in Massachusetts and places like Delaware, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, they get to control what happens in our Congress. The majority of the American people uh, Robert Dagestino, don't get to control that. The majority of the American people who elect United States senators have elected a majority of Republican senators. Yet their votes are essentially meaningless because of this cloture rule. Dr. What I'm calling for at this point is for, <clears throat> number one, we look at the upcoming 2018 elections with an eye to getting rid of a lot of these Democrats. There are 24 Democratic seats coming up for re-election. There are only 10 Republican seats coming up. So that means in, in a lot of those states where the Democrats are coming up for re-election are states that voted for Donald Trump and are essentially red states. They have Republican legislators, legislatures, Republican governors. There's no reason why we can't get rid of some of these senators. But in the meantime, we need to put the pressure on all the members of the United States Senate, including Republicans, to get rid of the cloture rule. Now, a lot of your all establishment Republicans, like John Cain, they've been around for so long, they've lived with this rule for so long, they're going to argue, well, we can't do that because suppose the Democrats get back in control of the Senate, then they can pass things with a 51-vote majority. That's true. But it doesn't make it any more constitutional to have the cloture rule. Whether it works for or against the members of the U.S. Senate and their wow. party. Wow, that's great. The important thing yeah, is, does it work for or against the American people? Um, and I contend that it is against the Constitution. It is patently unconstitutional and therefore works against the American people. Huh. And we are the ones that need to be demanding that it be changed. Because hmm. people like John McCain, you know, they, they're the old line establishment Republicans. And they like this rule. But a lot of your young Democrat, your younger Republican senators, they don't understand why it's needed or why it's even there. <clears throat> I think we need to put our trust in the American people. 
to get past the onslaught of left-wing media propaganda and the onslaught of propaganda coming out of our colleges and being laid on our children and elect the proper people in the United States Senate. And let the Senate work the way it was supposed to work, and that is if compromise is needed to get legislation through, then let there be compromise. But the fact of the matter is, by diluting our votes, by telling us that our votes don't count in Texas as much as they count in California, or as much as the votes count well, how's in Massachusetts, else going? How's your health? that is a violation of our Constitution. So I'm going to be working hard on this, and I'm going to be writing more about it, and I'm going to be doing, obviously, more radio show talk shows yeah. about it. Because really the, the shows that I, I were on, the hosts of the shows didn't have any clue, really, as to what cloture was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They knew nothing about the history of it. They knew nothing about how it affected the Constitution and how it affected right. the diluting of the votes. Wow. Of many people in this country. My uh, my landlord. And now that they are here, catching along, they are they're entering into the push. Our June the thirtieth. Uh, and he's pushing me. He, yeah, I haven't heard help his deal yet. Get this done. Do you have any idea what? Contact uh, me. Space around here. Through my website, michaelconnolly.jigzy.com. You can find my email address there. You know, like I said, you can also yeah, access yeah. the website through the Our Constitution page of America's Web Radio. Contact me and let me know how well, you would like to do, help. Since I got their bill in there, or they don't just care need about advice on how to prepare a letter to um, your representative of the United States Senate, let me know. Because this is something I think really needs to be, be caught on to. People don't realize how the Constitution is being violated. They hear something about something called the cloture rule, and they don't really know what it means. Like I said, they certainly don't know the history of it and how it has been abused and misused throughout our history. And now it's, it's critical, because now we have all this important legislation coming up. The American people have spoken. They have put Republicans in control of the House and the Senate and the presidency, and now hopefully the Supreme Court. But all of that is meaningless well, if legislation yet, passed by know, the I House and favored by a majority of the Senate years, is blocked uh, by this paid him, you know, whole unconstitutional procedure rule. And uh, he's got a lot of vacancy. And, and that's what we're I looking at here. Would, uh, is an old unconstitutional rule. My other thing is, I don't want to, I'm not going to sign for more than two years because in the contract it says that. Contact uh, me. You can go to my blog you know, my and take that article and send it on to other people. Because, like out? I said, there are a lot of people out there who don't know about it. I've had thousands of hits on that article since I posted it. <clears throat> but that's just a drop in the bucket compared to what we need to really make some changes here and get something done. Yeah. The news media, for the most part, the national news media is going to ignore it. Because this is the last thing they want done. They were wringing their hands at how horrible it was that uh, Mitch McConnell invoked the cloture rule, even though they had nothing but high praise for it when 
or didn't mention comic books and nuclear option, but they had high praise for it when Harry Reid had done it. Well, the good news is that the good so news. So you're not going to get much really, help on the national news. If you media. Google any of It'll our shows, to us. just like it was up to us in this recent election, Google and most of our shows, the American people the ignored the propaganda. And they rose up and said, enough is and enough. Sell this son of a bitch. We want to take back our country. And one of the ways we can take back our country, and one of the things that I'm doing now, because I'm no longer right. executive director of the United well, States Justice Foundation, my term has run out there. Actually, it lasted much longer than I expected it to. I only agreed to take the uh, job for a couple of years until they found somebody who was willing to move to California or run it permanently and I wasn't willing to move to California certainly have no desire to do so now but I I served for four and a half years until they finally found somebody and then I willingly agreed to move on because I've got on the irons of the fire now and I'm pushing the sale of my books and on the rag my years. new patriotic novel I got two uh-huh. ratings not long ago I'm getting there. On, uh, I'm getting there. Amazon. One was a five-star rating calling it an excellent book. And <clears throat> the other was a one-star rating. That was hysterical. Well, you got, you got me a right-wing gun nut, ultra-conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I like the one-star rating as much as I like the five-star rating. Because I if, love if to I, get it under the skin of the left. from the sucker, can I and run it by this you? novel of mine. As well as my other patriotic novel, Amelia: Story of America, that both gotten under the skin of the left. And, uh, they hate and the books. I don't want, it, I don't want my but the books talk about Americans rising up to defend their liberties, to fight for their freedom, to defend their constitution. So I'll see what he wants. And to using do. firearms to I'm do so. I'm paying The left hates right that now. idea. The left wants us all disarmed, all to be happy little drones. And subjects of the government and walk in lockstep yeah. like the Democrats it's, it's in the Senate seven minutes away. do and yeah. do what we're told, wow. do it when well, we're told, he, and do it how we're told to do it by the powers that be. Yeah, well, at Allen Road. Those powers, of course, in their minds are always going to be the left. Yeah. We know how that turned out, but anyway. Uh, so one of the things that I'm doing now is when, I'm when, forming a new Bell, corporation, a nonprofit corporation, be, uh, and I'm going to use it to try to. First of all, disseminate widely my booklet oh, on the Constitution. Bell-Eye, or not Bell-Eye, whatever his name was. Same name as the radio show, Jake our Constitution. Buy a hard copy take care uh, of me. through my website or through www.constitution.jigsy.com. Or you can get it as an e-book on Amazon Kindle or as a Nook book, e-book, on Barnes & Noble. I want to get these booklets out, the hard copies particularly. Get them out to our young people. Our young people are being not being taught about the Constitution. They're being served with daily doses of political propaganda. And in the cases of many, many high schools and college campuses, if they refuse to respond positively to the propaganda, if they dare to or disagree with what their professors are telling them, then they are subject to punishment because they're being politically incorrect. And political correctness is nothing more 
than your Nazi and communist-style re-education. Because it basically controls our minds and our speech. Let's take our second break now. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So I'm trying to get this booklet out to our young people so they know what's going on. And basically, you've heard me talk about the booklet before, and it is 77 pages long. And I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution. I put them in there the way they were originally written. Then I put in my comments about what they really mean. And I point out things like the phrase separation of church and state are not in the Constitution, have never been in the Constitution came from a letter that was written by President Thomas Jefferson to a religious group that wanted him to mediate an internal dispute, and he said that would violate the Establishment Clause of the Constitution, which prohibits the federal government from establishing any particular religion as a religion in this country. It doesn't say that the government must refuse to acknowledge religion or refuse to acknowledge the fact that we were were founded in the Judeo-Christian method or philosophy that there is a God and then God we trust and that's why we have that on our our monuments, our national monuments and we have that on our, our money. There's nothing in the Constitution that prohibits for example, the Ten Commandments from being displayed in a courtroom, unless it's a state courtroom. The most prominent display of the Ten Commandments occurs in a courtroom in Washington, D.C. It's a place called the United States Supreme Court. For some reason, the Supreme Court doesn't think that display violates the Constitution but displaying the Ten Commandments in a courthouse in Alabama, in a state courthouse, or on the lawn of the state courthouse, that violates somebody's constitutional rights. So that's the type of thing I talk about in my booklet. I also point out in my booklet, I include something that most people don't even know exists. 
And you don't find it, apparently, in most textbooks. Even if they contain most of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the rest of the amendments, they don't necessarily contain the preamble to the Bill of Rights. And if it is there, they don't explain what it means. Basically, the preamble of the Bill of Rights was a warning by the Founding Fathers to the government they were creating that said, look, these rights enumerated herein, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion, the right to due process, etc. These are not rights that we acknowledge are given to us by the government. Because they were smart enough, the Founding Fathers were smart enough to know that if you acknowledge the government has given you certain rights, then you're acknowledging that they can take those rights away anytime they want, for any reason they want. So the preamble to the Bill of Rights said that you can't touch these rights. They were not given to us by the government, by you, they were given to us by God. That's why I have always been an advocate, and I guess there are people out there who agree with me because it's never really been done, and that is that the Bill of Rights itself, the Ten Amendments that make up the Bill of Rights, cannot be amended. They cannot be changed. That's why the left has been trying to change them over the years through the use of the Supreme Court and leftist judges. And we can expect more of that. That's another reason why our children need to be educated. Because right now, and I just learned this statistic recently, but I didn't realize how bad it was. I knew, knew that the left dominated the federal courts in this country. But because of all the Obama appointments that he got through by the use of the nuclear option, 70% of the justices and judges on the lower federal courts in this country, 70% are left-leaning or far-left. That means out of the 13 Circuit Court of Appeals, Nine of them are controlled by the left. That's incredible. That's the reason we're getting all of these rulings. That's why it's more and more important for us to have a Supreme Court that will uphold the Constitution, that will uphold our laws, and will support the American people on things like the Second Amendment. Because the Democrats were, they were looking forward to appointing justices of the Supreme Court under Hillary Clinton that would ignore the Second Amendment, that would reverse the two rulings by the Supreme Court, one of which was the Heller case, which I was involved in. But they were going to make sure that the court reversed those rulings because those rulings acknowledged what is clearly stated in the Second Amendment of the Constitution that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Think about that. The right of the people. Yeah, the liberals have for years been saying, well, that only applies to members of the National Guard and militia. That's not an individual right. That's not what the Constitution means. That's not what the Second Amendment was designed to mean. The Second Amendment means what it says. And that's why we have to have justices on the Supreme Court that look at the Constitution and say, okay, this is what the Constitution says, 
This is what it clearly means. We can't change it. And I hope that we're going to get at least one more chance while Donald Trump's first term to put somebody on the Supreme Court. There will be another staunch fundamentalist like Antonin Scalia was and like Neil Gorsuch hopefully will be. Because we've got a dire situation ahead of us if that doesn't happen. But again, our children don't know anything about this. Most of our college kids, they were doing an interview recently uh, on Syria, the situation in Syria, interviewing young people in New New York City. They didn't know anything was going on in Syria. They didn't even know where Syria was. They didn't even know if Syria was a country. This is how ignorant many of our young people are, and they're deliberately being dumbed down by the Democrats, by the liberals on college campuses and in our high schools and elementary schools and middle schools. Because as I keep pointing out, if people don't know what their rights are, they're not going to be aware when they're losing their rights. And that's why getting this little book that I have is so important. And why you can buy a copy on one of those websites, a hard copy for $6, and that includes shipping. <clears throat> or you can get larger numbers of copies for a substantial discount. If you are buying these for distribution to schools, contact me directly, and I can work out a very good discount for you. You basically get them about half half price. Because I don't take any royalties off of this, even though I'm entitled to them. I roll all that money back into the Constitutional Law Alliance, and we use that money to subsidize getting copies out to school children. We had a Rotary Club in South Texas a couple of years ago buy 500 copies, and they continue to they give them out every year to six school districts, the incoming juniors. And they started that two years ago, and they're still doing it. They're still buying more copies and giving them out. I've worked with schools in Missouri in other parts of the country to get these booklets into the hands of the students. And again, if you want to read the booklet, for two ninety nine you can get it as an ebook on Amazon Kindle or Barnes and Noble notebooks. It is highly acclaimed. It is easy to understand and it's important. Because our kids don't know what's in the Constitution. They don't know what's in the Bill of Rights. They hear it all in the abstract. They're told they have to be politically correct. What is political correct? Who decides what political correctness is? Well, the people in power. Their professors, their college administrators, their high school principals, 
many of which or most of which are on the far left. So politically correct is agreeing with them on everything they say and not saying anything that any one of their select groups, whether it be the Muslims or Black Lives Matter or illegal immigrants, nothing that any of these people find offensive. And isn't it interesting that we have all these cities out there who are looking at their citizens, American citizens, in these cities, saying, you know, you don't matter. Your lives, your property don't matter. What matters is protecting criminals. Criminals who come into this country illegally. And this is what we're being, they're trying to teach us and our children to forget. That someone who has come into this country across our border and come in without going through the proper channels, sneaked across our border, they have committed a crime. They are an illegal alien, an illegal criminal alien. They have already committed a crime. And now we're being told by the left, well, you can't deport these people because they haven't done anything wrong. And they're even going so far as to say, well, yeah, suppose this, this, this person committed child molestation or committed a rape or works with a drug cartel. But they have families. So if you take him and arrest them and they serve their time in jail and then are deported like the law requires, you're going to hurt their families. I don't care. If they're here illegally, and particularly if they're committing more crimes while they're here, and the families are here illegally too, we don't owe them anything. And boy, I know I'm going to be called a racist and everything else for this, but I don't care. Because wanting to protect my family and my home and my hometown and my country from people who willingly violate my laws does not make me a racist. Because I don't care who the people are coming across the border. I don't care if they're from Ireland. I don't care if they're from England or Central Europe or South America or Africa or Asia. If they come in here legally and they want to work and live in this country and they're properly vetted so we know who they are and what their backgrounds are, and they're welcome. The country's always welcome people like that. We don't have to welcome those who are telling us we are more important than you are and who are letting these city officials and the ACLU tell us the same thing, tell them the same thing. Let's take our final break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. 
Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, you know, I've, I think I've talked enough about the booklets and the importance of them. I'd really like to have your help in getting those out. And I know whenever I go out and make speeches, I always carry a copy with me. I'll usually hold it up to begin the speech and say, you know, because I'm making speeches on the Constitution and various issues affecting the Constitution. I say, this is what this is all about. And inevitably, people in the audience will reach into the, their handbags or into their pockets, and they'll pull out the copy of the booklet and wave it up so that I know they've already got a copy. Everybody that's read it has been impressed by it. Everybody that's read it says that they have learned something about it when they've talked to me about it. So go to www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com or www.constitution.jigsy.com and order some copies of the booklet. You can order also order through there copies of my other books, including the Mortarman about my dad unit during World War II, which has become a big seller. And a lot of historians are really taking note of it. And in fact, there's talk about making a documentary about it. And then, of course, I've got my book about Philmont Scout Ranch in New Mexico, which scouts love, little Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, because they love their ghost stories, their campfire stories. That's called Riders in the Sky, the Ghost and Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch. And, you know, since I have taken a pretty good-sized cut in income by stepping aside from my job as executive director of the United States Justice Foundation, the more books I sell, the better off I am, and particularly you buy them, you can buy them anywhere. You can buy them, all, all, you know, virtually all of them, or at least my three major books. You can get them as e-books on uh, Barnes & Noble. You can get them as paperback on all the different websites, including Amazon. But if you buy them through my website, first of all, I have them for sale at less than they sell on the regular book websites. They're all on sale. And you get them for less money, but I make more money off each book. So that's my commercial for now. Let's look at what else has been happening today or this week. And, and uh, the media continues to drive me nuts. They are unrelenting in their attacks on Donald Trump, on President Trump, 
on Republicans in general, on anybody that is part of the Trump administration, on anybody that supports Trump, on anybody that dares to even say anything nice about Trump. The so-called Russian conspiracy with the Trump campaign, there has been not a scintilla of real evidence about such a, such occurring. But boy, to listen to Shepard Smith on Fox News, because Shepard Smith, I mean, you know, this guy's incredible. He has become a shill for the far left. He basically leads off every one of his broadcasts with quoting a story about Trump from the New York Times or the Washington Post, the Associated Press, and then having a reporter from one of those organizations come on and go on and on and on about what they've discovered. Well, what's today's big revelation? Well, you, uh, I mean, Shepard Smith was hysterical. He was so happy. He was just going crazy over this. And that is that somebody named Carter Page, who's Carter Page? I don't know. Carter Page, according to the Washington Post, according to AP, according to Shepard Smith, was a key advisor to the Trump campaign on foreign policy. And that it's been leaked by somebody, apparently the FBI, which, by the way, is a felony to leak this kind of information. It's been leaked that a FISA warrant was secured by the FBI, and that's a court, that's a warrant from a special court allowing them to initiate surveillance for American citizens who are suspected of having contacts with foreign governments or terrorists. It's hard warrant to get, and it's supposed to be kept secret, but here it was leaked again, and whoever did the leak is a committed felony, just like Susan Rice committed numerous felonies by unmasking the names of people who were caught up in various surveillance, American citizens, whose names were supposed to be kept secret because they had nothing to do with what was the government was looking for, just happened to be part of a conversation. That's a felony. But, you know, Shepard Smith is not talking about that. The main news media is not talking about that. They're talking about Carter Page was a, well, it depends on who, which you hear. He was an advisor to the foreign policy advisor to candidate Trump. He was a senior foreign policy advisor to candidate Trump. Actually, what he was was peripherally connected to the foreign policy advisory committee. He was not officially even on that committee. He was just asked his advice about a couple of things because he did have dealings with the Russians, business dealings. <laughs> so it was he was basically being asked, as I understand it, you know, how to deal with the Russians, how the best way to maneuver and manipulate with them. He never met Donald Trump. He never had a meeting with Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't know who he was. Somebody on the advisory committee contacted Page and asked him for advice on something. And Page apparently gave it. But apparently he was in contact with some Russians because he was doing business with the Russians and had been doing business with the Russians for many years, just like many people in this country did business with the Russians. Remember, when she was Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton arranged for a U.S. company to 
sell much of the uranium supply in the United States to the Russians. And she got some nice donations as a result of all this to the Clinton Foundation. Which, by the way, whatever happened to the Clinton Foundation, are they still out there raising money? Or do we have a bunch of people standing in line wanting their money back? Because they thought by giving money to the Clinton Foundation, they were going to buy access to President Hillary Clinton. And that's not happening. So that's something I think I'll look into is what, what's happened to the Clinton Foundation. But we're talking about somebody who was remotely connected to the to somebody, not to the campaign per se, but to somebody in the Trump campaign. And now this has become a major story. This is a blockbuster, according to Shepard Smith. This is incredible. This proves beyond all shadow of a doubt that there was collusion between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been practicing law for over 40 years. I've been been a law instructor. I've been teaching the law, practicing law, writing about the law, researching the law. And what they've got out there is not proof of anything. Certainly not proof of any kind of crime. The whole thing is just bizarre. I mean, they are basically convicting somebody named Carter Page of being a spy for the Russians and working as a spy or working as a contact for the Trump campaign, for Donald Trump personally, with Russian spies. No, they don't. They don't have any evidence of any such thing. And I, for one, am getting very, very tired of this kind of nonsense. But it's going to get worse. I mean, nobody's off limits. Trump's children are not off limits. Even his young son is being attacked by the media. Melania gets attacked for the, the dress she wears. Can you imagine the liberal news media ever attacking Michelle Obama for her clothing choice? or attacking her for any reason, for that matter. Oh, and there was a headline today that uh, Trump's family security concerns are going to cost billions of dollars, or a billion dollars, to the taxpayers. There are some different security risks involved with his family, because there's so many people out there that want to hurt them. But I don't remember the media ever national news media ever going nuts over the fact that Michelle Obama took her two daughters and her mother on a trip to Europe that cost millions of dollars, transportation costs, hotel, villas they stayed in, meals, security, millions of dollars the Obama family spent during the course of his reign of terror. Millions of taxpayer dollars. Yet, no criticism whatsoever. In fact, praise. <laughs> because he chose Hawaii for his vacations. Uh, I mean, he was such a beloved and good president, according to the news media. 
anyway, thank you for listening in to the end today. I look forward to talking with you again next week. And please email me. Go to my website, com, and email me if you have questions about the show or have any comments you want to make about the show. Or you can contact America's Web Radio directly. Let me know what you think and let me know what you'd like for me to talk about. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.